You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked on Kentucky, you guessed it, we're going to be talking about Hunter Dickinson. According to various outlets out there, I believe Joe Tipton was the first to report it, he will be taking, Hunter Dickinson that is, a visit to Kentucky on April 23rd. We're going to be diving into what this means for the Wildcats. We're going to talk about some of the reports surrounding this This is now moving in a direction that I did not think it would have last Friday. This time a week ago, I put out an episode saying, I don't think Kentucky's going to get Hunter Dickinson. They're not pursuing him as hard as they could be because of the situation surrounding Oscar Shibway. And now it seems like Kentucky's starting to make their move. And this is something I didn't anticipate happening. John Calipari is obviously just making his decision, I think, here. Uh, with what he wants to do. So we're going to dive into that today alongside some bracketology and some Chris Livingston news as well. It's a loaded show. Uh, we are jam-packed once again. It's been just a great few weeks to to be a Kentucky Wildcat fan just to talk about all the different things that are going on uh, around the, the basketball program. And thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I uh, want to remind everybody, as we always do, that we are free and available on all platforms out there. And if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the show. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, Everything coming up here over the next few weeks is going to be huge. And then obviously the offseason, I think is going to be a lot of fun uh, for all of us here at Locked On Kentucky. So subscribe. And if you're listening on podcast, make sure to follow us there as well. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. Per on threes, Tipton edits or Joe Tipton, as some of you may know him. Hunter Dickinson will be visiting Kentucky April 23rd through 20. Fifth, that was the initial report. Initial report put out by On Three just a few hours ago. According to some updated news, past that, it's not going to be the Sunday through Tuesday. He will be visiting one day, and it will take place on Monday. That is per Tristan Ferris at Tristan UDA on Twitter, front of the program, clarifying here he's not going to be taking a visit Sunday through Tuesday. It's going to be the twenty fourth there. Uh, that he will be taking a visit with the Wildcats. This is big news. I literally said, I think it was yesterday's episode that, and I probably said it the episode before that and the episode before that. There are visits to Georgetown. There are visits to Maryland right now uh, for Hunter Dickinson that are coming up. There was a visit to Kansas, I believe, uh, for Hunter Dickinson, or at least he's going to take one as well. And I was of the opinion that because Kentucky has not reached out to Dickinson and gotten him on campus that they were falling behind in the race and there were some uh, maybe some other options that uh, Dickinson found more lucrative or more opportunistic and he's deciding to take a look at those and realize that Kentucky is in a spot where they are currently giving preference and courtesy to the former National Player of the Year in Oscar Shibway and they're kind of stuck in limbo. That's kind of been the theory up until this point is that Dickinson's looking elsewhere because you can't really trust the situation at Kentucky. And we even said probably three shows in a row now, you and I have been talking about the fact that Kentucky can't just sit here with their hands tied and lose both 
prospects. Oscar Shibway, who is currently going through his NBA draft process, and then Hunter Dickinson, who is currently the best transfer portal player in the nation. You and I have had some discussions both on the show and in the comment section about what Kentucky needs out of their center position, and I've been completely transparent. I don't think that Oscar Shibway or Hunter Dickinson moves the needle for next year's team in terms of win or postseason run. I think that either of them will provide veteran experience, which will be valuable, and both of them do individual things very well, but they're not elite at protecting the rim still statistically. And on top of that, it's not what Kentucky needs, I think, for their development of the other players in their front court. I'm not saying adding Hunter Dickinson or Oscar Sheboy would be a bad thing. By no means am I saying that. What I'm saying here is the front court for Kentucky, regardless of whatever piece they get, whether it be Jamarian Sharp to pair with Onyenzo, whether it be Hunter Dickinson, whether it be Oscar Sheboy, I think it's great that Kentucky has all the options. They've got to get at least one. And if they do, things are going to be things are going to be good. Things are going to be good. And I also want to say this just to be clear. I'm not sitting here saying this roster is not built to succeed next season. We're actually going to talk about the bracketology later on in the show. How it's um you can't really you know, take any stock into it. You kind of have to take it with a grain of salt, but it's projecting out to next year. Um, something that we haven't really talked about much at all uh, since the season ended. Um, But right now, this Wildcats team, with the pieces that they're making decisions with right now, put anybody in that front court, and I think they're going to have success. Uh, If it's Oscar Shibway, you're going to get to see him, I think, (laughs) reduce statistically is is what I would have to say there about Shibway. With Dickinson, probably going to be the same thing. And it's interesting here that Kentucky has been pursuing Dickinson as hard and been so adamant at letting Shibway walk through his process so that he can maybe have a chance at coming back for the Wildcats because of something that Kyle Tucker of The Athletic wrote in an article today uh, explaining Antonio, I believe, no, it was Duthiero and Hunter, excuse, yeah, no, Duthiero and Uganda and Yenzo. Um, I'm not going to read the full article because you have to pay uh, to go on uh, on The Athletic. I'll read uh, an excerpt here that Sean Benzel of Hoops Insight, friend of the program, decided to throw out there. Uh, here's the quote from Kyle Tucker's uh, article. When you think of it that way, it's a little wonder why Onyenzo and Thierry required a little reassurance in their offseason conversations with Coach Cal. Quote, playing time. That's what they kind of sold him on, that he'll play. And that's Tom uh, Espinoza, who was Onyenzo's coach at, uh, at his uh, Science Academy. They made it clear they want him there. He loves Kentucky, but it was tough for him to sit this year. He just wanted to hear that he can get on the court, and he's in their plans for next season. So that is an interesting tie-in to something that we've been theorizing here uh, for probably two weeks about Uganda Onyenzo, is it's not just necessarily about the money It's about what he wants to do with his playing time on the court and developing into what could potentially be a future NBA player. My initial thoughts on Uganda and Yenzo entering the portal was it's not just the money. It's probably got something to do with the playing time. How much of an impact that has on his decision, I don't know. Now we have a clearer idea of, well, Uganda and Yenzo coming back is partially due to the fact that he was sold along with Fierro on the fact that they're going to get to play is he going to get to play with a guy like Oscar Shibway in the front court again? Is he going to get to play with a guy like Hunter Dickinson 
in the front court. I don't know how that's going to shake out. All I know is that it's clear that Coach Cal wants this kid from Michigan because according to, I don't know if it's, if, if it's, uh, if it's Hunter Dickinson's podcast, I don't know if it's, um, I don't know if it's somebody else's podcast, but Dickinson hopped on uh, a show recently and he said on that show that while he was at the airport uh, just a couple of days ago or whenever it was, that Cal came to visit him at the airport and they had a two-hour-long conversation. Uh, according to Dickinson, Cal got off a plane, met with him at some private little area at the airport, they spoke for two hours, and then he got back on a plane to go fly wherever he was going. So it's clear Cal's taking the time to see if he can get this kid to, to make a move here. And this is something that several sources have said multiple times over. I will say it to you again. And I'm saying sources. I'm saying people online that cover this. Hunter Dickinson, if he were to be like, all right, I'm, I, I want to commit. I'm, I'm ready to commit. Kentucky would take it. Right now, they'd be like, yep, let's do it. I think... The fact that Oscar Shibway is still in the draft and going through the process is still holding things up here just a little bit. But it's it's starting to, 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 to look like it's less of a problem because of what Kentucky <laughs> Kentucky has uh, has kind of, I guess leaked. Um, because according to Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, he said on Twitter, it's my understanding Oscar Shibway gave the Kentucky staff his blessing to go build the best roster they can while he figures out what to do, and if it means his replacement is found before he does, so be it. Uh, if I'm also not mistaken, Jack Pilgrim of KSR said, Kentucky would accept Hunter Dickinson's commitment if he decides to make one. Sources tell KSR, Oscar Shibway has draft workouts and scheduled, and his agent tells KSR, the star center is not in position to make an immediate decision. So Shibway's tied up with the draft draft process right now. It seems like if that's true from Tucker, which I doubt that there's not legitimacy to what he said, or at least something similar has been said. So I'm saying there's some sort of accuracy to it. Kentucky should feel no remorse, no guilt. Kentucky fans should not be tied up over this. He's going to get Cal is the player that he thinks will best help next year's roster to round things out, to have an elite starting five. And again, I want to reiterate, I don't hold the opinion that Hunter Dickinson solves all of Kentucky's problems. I think that grabbing him is great. I think that adding him is phenomenal. If that happens, if that happens. But I think that Kentucky, one way or another, if they don't get him, is going to be okay. So that's my thought on that. That's my opinion on it. I think that that Kentucky should be fine getting Hunter Dickinson or not. I'm just surprised that this has developed to this point after the Valley of last week. And we've sat here and discussed how inactive Kentucky has seemed to be in the transfer portal. But to be completely honest, how much do they need out of the transfer portal? How much do they need to get? You and I have talked about, well, they need a backup power forward. They need a backup center. Some of you have said they need a backup point guard. If they get Hunter Dickinson to come and other things fall into place, I'm going to be honest, I don't know if they really need anything from the transfer portal. 
because apparently Chris Livingston is a 50-50 to come back to Kentucky. I want to talk about what this roster situation is now with that possibility on the table because it's just it's just so there's just so much fluctuation between what could happen or what couldn't or what could happen or what couldn't. I want to dive into what Chris Chris Livingston's uh return would mean cuz it would mean a lot uh to Kentucky. Before we get to that though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Built Bar. Something exciting is coming to built.com on April 22nd. I don't have all the details yet, but the excitement is real, and it's something you don't want to miss. If you know how Built works, they have the most incredible protein bars in the world, and they do these amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quantity. So mark your calendars and head to Built.com on Saturday, April 22nd, so it's this Saturday, to be the first to discover what all the hype is about. I can't wait to see what this new flavor is. I've really enjoyed some of their flavors that they've dropped in the past. The Obviously, cookie and cream, cookies and cream and salted caramel are two of the favorites here on the show. Um, but they're adding some new ones, I believe. So make sure to head over on Saturday, built.com. You can use promo code LOCKED15 if you find something that you would like, and I'm sure that you will. LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. All right, continuing along here on the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. So per several writers on Twitter, not, not on Twitter, they just happened to post about it on Twitter. Several writers, KSR, I believe, was one of the first to, to discuss this. Chris Livingston apparently has a now a 50-50 chance to return to Kentucky. Apparently, there is, I guess, not a lot of positive conversation going on with Chris Livingston and through his draft process. I can only assume uh, that, uh, that, that's a, um, oh, it's, it, it's Ben Roberts of the Herald, uh, leader. Okay. I can only assume that there are some type of negative conversations going on. I wouldn't think that Chris Livingston would be entering the draft. He'd be hearing good things about, okay, you're going to be a first round pick. And then he would just be like, eh, maybe I am coming back to Kentucky. Up until this point in this, in this process, it's been, Livingston's leaving and he's not coming back. Livingston's leaving and he's going to be gone for good. And now that some people are starting to turn around on the rumor, like, hey, maybe he could take a step back in and give it one more shot with UK. I don't necessarily know if it's like, great, now we can start him at power forward, or excuse me, at small forward. I think rather Kentucky would be best served putting this kid at power forward for a couple of reasons. Number one, if Antonio Reeves also comes back, which is still on the table, and according to the most recent news on it, he is probably going to come back. I think that you have Reeves at your small forward, you have Livingston at your power forward, and then you pair them with Justin Edwards and Aaron Bradshaw, respectively. I don't think that Kentucky would have that big of an issue having Livingston at, his, at the power forward spot, considering he's got the weight to do it, and on top of that, just because he's six foot seven doesn't necessarily mean that there's a height disadvantage there because you can have Aaron Bradshaw rotate in and be seven feet at the four spot. You can have Uganda Onyenzo. You can have Hunter Dickinson as well. So you've got height elsewhere to kind of help Chris Livingston being undersized, so to speak. Six foot seven at power forward would be fine. I've heard some people complain about it. I think it would be okay, especially considering he's not going to be getting all of the minutes there. Um, you could slide him up to the three. You can still rotate him into the three. You've just got Justin Edwards and Antonio Reeves. And also, 
there's a world where Reeves ends up sliding up to the two um, for the majority of his minutes if Kentucky chooses to do their rotation like that. If I'm not mistaken, I believe uh, Dylan Ballard of uh, of uh, a Sea of Blue tweeted out kind of jokingly like, here's a lineup that could look like a platoon. Now that I've mentioned that name on this sh- or word on this show, don't go to the comments and dog me for it. That's what <laughs> Ballard said as well. This is just a joke. I'm not serious. Uh, last year, I decided to do an episode on, uh, on, on a platoon system, and it got a lot of hate. Uh, I'll say that. Nobody wants to hear that word ever again. So it's, um, it's, it, would be a, it would be a deep rotation. I'll say that. If Livingston comes back, if Reeves comes back, if Dickinson comes in, because you've got every position solved at that point, right? You got Rob at, at one. You got Wagner and Shepard at two. You got Reeves and Edwards at three. You've got Bradshaw and Livingston at four, and then you've got Onyenzo and Dickinson at five. That is such a good team. That's such a good team. So we'll continue to monitor that with Chris Livingston potentially coming to to Kentucky. The final thing I wanted to touch on on today's episode, and again, really appreciate you guys watching. If you've not subscribed, please go ahead and do so. The NCAA tournament bracketology it's something that you really have to continue to take with a grain of salt, regardless of wherever you get your information. And there are so many different websites out there that you can utilize. And somebody that has been criticized for, I guess, a lack of consistency with how he updates things and how he operates is the man that does it for the worldwide leader in sports, ESPN, Joe Lenardi. Uh, has released his updated 2024 tournament bracketology. And keep in mind, this is a year away. So you can't criticize him for just guesstimating at how he thinks the field is going to look now. It's doing it just to kind of start conversation, just to project. Part of it is for fun. Some of it's for engagement. Some of it's to get people mad and get them talking about it. You look at the bracket, though, right now, you got your four one seeds, Duke, Marquette, Michigan State, and UConn. Your two seeds, Purdue, Arkansas, Houston, and Alabama. Makes sense. I'm curious to see what UConn looks like after losing some pieces after they won the national title. Still a very good team, very good coach there. They've got Florida as an eight seed, which I don't believe. Um, who knows, though? They've got seven SEC teams in. They've got Auburn as a seven seed, which I don't know if I believe as well. Kentucky is apparently just projecting out to next year based on their current state of their roster. They're a sixth seed in the South region. They'd be playing in Omaha. I don't want to talk about the matchups or anything like that because it truly doesn't matter. This does not matter. But what does matter is that somebody that heads up their bracketology for ESPN believes that the Wildcats are a sixth seed. With the current talent on their roster next season, they are a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament. The funny part about this is this wasn't the first bracketology that Lenardi put out. The first one he put out had Kentucky as a five seed. They moved down. They haven't lost anybody since he had his bracketology released. He just decided, nope, they're one seed worse. For what reason? I don't know. I think USC, Texas A&M, uh, St. Mary's, and Tennessee are better. And Tennessee wouldn't make sense because they went down a spot as well. USC moved up, and they were the only five seed that moved up. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of that. It's weird. 
It's weird to me. It's also funny to me how the the lines for the uh, the bracket on ESPN's website, some of them are shifted and they're not in order. I just think that's funny that the worldwide, worldwide leader in sports uh, can't get their bracket clean. And they apparently have Kentucky as the sixth seed. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Leave it in the YouTube comments below. What do you think about Kentucky right now and some outlets not being a top 25 team and others being a top 15 team and apparently in bracketology not even being a top four seed, which I would think right now in my mind is where I'm putting them next season. They're a top four seed. How high they go past that, I don't know. Uh, Give me your thoughts. I'd love to hear them. So I think that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hey, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Questions, comments, concerns. I want to hear all of them uh, for this news today. You can hit me on the socials or leave them in the YouTube comments below. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.